Hey guys, welcome back to Learn STEM, an educational podcast where me, Liam, Rayanne, and Melania each take turns discussing and delving into different topics in the field of STEM. Today, I will be talking about the science of video games, so if that's something that might interest you, keep watching. I'm sure we've all heard our fair share of debates on whether video games are good or bad for the brain. So, what is it? Well, I have articles today discussing both um, sides. So first, let's start with the reasons why video games might be good for the brain. Controller-based games can be really great for your hands. In a study involving a group of surgeons, researchers found out those who played video games were faster at performing advanced procedures and made 37% fewer mistakes than those who didn't. Special video games have also been used as physical therapy to help stroke victims regain control of their hands and wrists. And, as we all know, Knowing how to type is very important to today's society, but so is typing quickly, which many people learn to do from playing video games requiring a keyboard. Studies have shown that playing video games regularly may increase gray matter in the brain and boost brain connectivity. If you didn't know, gray matter is associated with muscle control, memories, perception, and spatial navigation. Another point is past research involving children found that those who played video games were more likely to have good social skills, perform better academically, and to have built better relationships with other students because of the social and collaborative component to some types of games. Another point, one long-term study published in 2013 showed that children who played strategy-based games showed an improvement in problem-solving skills, and thus tended to get better grades the next school year. Also, Studies have shown that some video games can boost mood and make better or, sorry and make for better heart rhythms, a sign they might also help relieve stress. The correlation between video games and stress has been reflected in numerous unrelated studies, which is why video games have been used in therapy for over a decade. Um this while that information came from a Geico website, I'm not really sure why Geico is doing research there. Those Claims were actually backed by the Cleveland Clinic, with their main benefits highlighted involving playing video games, including increased brain matter, improved focused and visual automotive abilities like hand-eye coordination, improved ability for set shifting, set shifting is the ability to move back and forth between tasks quickly, and other cognitive functions. While those highlighted the good parts about playing video games, there certainly are the negatives. This information came from a Harvard Health website, and it said um, one of the main uh, reasons that video games aren't great is that there's actually more injuries than you might realize. Shockingly enough, playing video games for extended periods of time can actually lead to injuries. Carpal tunnel syndrome, often seen in office workers, involves inflammation of a nerve in the wrist, which causes pain and numbness. There is also a correlation with obesity in teens, and plausibly the same for adults. If a teen is sitting in front of a screen for hours every day, he or she isn't getting much exercise. The obesity is also thought to be due to increased food intake while playing video games. According to a study in the Journal of Clinical Nutrition, a single session of video game play in health male adolescents, sorry, healthy male adolescents is associated with increased food intake, regardless of appetite sensations. The proposed mechanisms are that either the signal that indicate uh, satiety, which is fullness, get impaired, or that the mental stress involved with playing video games activates the reward centers, 
which leads to increased food intake. Other reasons that video games might not be the best is that they cause eye strain. Additionally, gaming addiction is a very real addiction, causing negative, many negative side effects. Gaming impacts sweet sleep quite poorly. It's noted to cause interrupted circadian rhythms, insomnia, and just general sleep deprivation. And finally, the worry I'm sure many of us are aware of is the violence desensitization that causes fear amongst many that people playing video games will become violent people. Now, let's talk about the cyber psychology of video games. So, there's actually a um, psychological disorder recently added to the DSM. If you don't know, the DSM is essentially like the Bible of psychology. It includes all the um, health, mental health disorders and whatever that you'd see in psychology and explains what they are. So, in the most recent one, the DSM-5, IGD, Internet Gaming Disorder, was actually added with explanations saying IGD cognition may involve the persistent overvaluation of video gaming rewards, activities, and identities, combined with a need to adhere to maladaptive rules governing use and completion of video games. So these people are shown to have actual signs of withdrawal when they can't play video games, and it's pretty interesting and debated on whether or not it actually should be a real disorder. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was pretty interesting. These feelings, though, of addiction are backed by our best friend dopamine. Um, so, one article said, If a person experiences hyperarousal while playing video games, the brain associates the activity with dopamine. person develops a strong drive to seek out that same pleasure again and again. So, that is dopamine keeping you wanting to do the same thing. You know, wanting to keep... Act, the brain wanting to keep acting in a way that dopamine is released and in some cases that is with playing video games but video game developers do things specifically for that dopamine release and so some of those is called um a fixed ratio sorry fixed reinforcement ratio um and so essentially that's when you extend the time it takes to level up therefore increasing play time for the same reward. This is because you're changing the reward rate from fixed to variable. This means you no longer get a reward every time you level up or win a game, but at random intervals. So because you never know when you'll get the achievement or the reward, you keep playing in hopes that you'll get it at some point. Studies have shown that using this variable reinforcement is by far the most effective. Some other ways that uh, developers will try to make games more addictive is through um, something called a leveling system, which is essentially, if you've heard people saying, grinding the game, which is the incentive to get higher up levels to win the game. There's other parts in this involved with, or sorry, there's other parts, one of them being social elements. So just the fact of making friends and feeling connected to the game does make it more addictive especially if you guys go back and forth with encouraging one another to play the game. It keeps you more consistent and more addicted to the video game. Another way that they do it is by having a leaderboard. Natural competition provides an incentive to win. The other one is discovery and exploration, and that's just essentially the idea that you'll never know what awaits until you discover it, so you have the incentive to keep playing and keep finding what the rest of the video game world holds. Excuse me, sorry. 
So there was actually an interesting study that showed scientists at the University of British Columbia found rats were more likely to engage in risky gambling-like behavior with bright lights and loud sounds and were less likely when a specific dopamine receptor was blocked in their brain. This was especially interesting because it highlights the specific dopamine receptor involved with this, um, which was the dopamine D3 receptor, which is suspected to be an important drug, important to drug addiction, meaning, and then this uh, study supported that. But it was interesting because this study was talking about the addiction um, involved in casinos and how these bright lights and sounds are meant to keep you wanting to play the game. And video games kind of do that same thing with bright lights and colors and loud sounds to keep you enticed with the video game. Along with lights and sounds, my earlier point with the game interrupting circadian rhythms, the blue light emitted from game, tricks our brain into thinking it's daytime, and thus, we don't get tired nearly as quickly. This causes people to play video games for hours, once again increasing their addictiveness. So overall, it's a pretty strategic way that um, developers try to get people to keep playing their games. And it's honestly pretty interesting. So that's all the information I have for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for listening to Learn STEM. If you guys enjoyed this video, make sure to give it a thumbs up on YouTube. And uh, keep checking out Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts for our new episodes. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode.